Well, good evening, everyone. Welcome to Signs, Wonders, and Miracles with Pastor James Vivian. And he's going to teach us on what exactly did Jesus teach about signs. And if you have any questions or just have something to share, you can call in at 646-595-4784 and press the number one. And that way, I will know that you have a question. I'll be able to open your mic. Welcome to the program, Pastor James. How are you doing tonight? Well, thank you, my friend. I'm doing wonderful. The Lord is blessing. I'm still here. I have another day to get this thing, what they call life right, and do what I need to do so I can move on to the next area, which is in heaven. Right now, I've got so much that I want to talk about, but tonight we're going to talk about the science of Jesus. Jesus didn't do nothing without doing what the Old Testament said. Everything that he did was written in the Old Testament. Like one of the uh, uh, signs was uh, that he would be up on the water. It's in the book of uh, Proverbs. He would be up on the water and that there would be a storm come, the wind and everything, and that he would be sleeping on the boat. And that's exactly what happened in the New Testament. They said, what manner of man is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? These were signs. Jesus' whole ministry is made up of signs, especially in his birth. They talk about uh, the angel who showed up and announced that he would be coming and that his name would be called Emmanuel. Well, if you go back in the Old Testament in Isaiah, you'll find out where it talks about uh, Isaiah. It said his name would be several things, the Wonderful One, the uh, Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. These are signs of who he really was and what his relationship was with his father. And his father, who is in heaven, he said, I do nothing but accept what I see my fathers do. And I obey his will. Well, the will of the Father is in the Old Testament, and that is that he would have a chosen set of people that would obey the law of the Lord and will increase by teaching others the law of the Lord. And so here we come to uh, Moses, and it's in uh, Exodus, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. Exodus, the fourth chapter, starting with the first verse. And it says, God uh, encouraged Moses with signs. That's what this is all about. So who's signs? Jesus. We know his name is not here. It is represented that all signs, miracles, and everything comes through the word of God, which is the son of God. So here it is. Moses answered and said, but... Behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken unto me at my voice. For they will say, The Lord has not appeared unto thee. A lot of times when God appears to somebody and calls them as a leader, other people refuse him or her. They don't want to believe it because they, God didn't do it for them. God doesn't need us. We need him. And because we need him, we need to look to see what signs and wonders that God has set out so that we may recognize it's him. 
And so it says this, And the Lord said unto him, What is in the hand? And he said, A rod. He said, Cast it on the ground. And he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent. And Moses fled from before it. And the Lord said unto Moses, Put forth thy hand, and take it by the tail. And he put forth his hand, and caught it, and became a rod in his hand, that they may believe that the Lord God of their fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, has appeared before thee. You have seen me. And the Lord furthermore said uh, unto him, Put now thy hand in thy bosom, and put thy hand, and as he put his hand in his bosom, and when he took it out, it became a, as leopard or white or snow. And he said, Put thy hands back in that bosom again, and he put it again and plucked it out of his bosom, and behold, it was turned as the other flesh. And it shall be shall come if they will not believe thee, neither hearken to the voice of your of the first sign. See, God is the one who puts signs in the book. The Bible is a sign for us to learn the secrets of God, to understand that it is God that's working with his people. It is God who wants to bless his people. He wants to bring us out of bondage. That's what the word Egypt means. Bring us out of bondage and put us in his marvelous light, which is his son. His son is truth. His son is life. His son is everything that we need. And that's why there was nothing that's made that was not made without him. And it shall come to pass as they... uh, will not believe also these two signs, neither hearken unto thy voice, thou shalt take the water from the river and pour it upon the dry land, and the water which thou takest out of the river shall become blood upon the dry land. And Moses said unto the Lord, O Lord, I'm not eloquent, neither herefore, since I have spoken unto thee uh, spoken unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. And the Lord said unto him, Who made man's mouth? Who made the, the dumb and deaf, or the seeing or the blind? Have I not the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thee, with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. A lot of times, God be showing signs and wonders. He gives us ahead of time. Like one of the signs for me was when I got, when the Lord made a visit, I started being able to see things in the future. And it wasn't no, no spiritual voice came to me and said, this is going to happen and that's going to happen. But it was almost like you become a part of it and would enter into the mind of Christ and you'll know things without understanding why you know it. But we who are saved and born again, we know why. It's because the Spirit of God rests, rule, and abide in us. Because of these things, he uses them as signs and wonders. So the signs that Jesus did, everything that Jesus did, as I told you, is all in the Old Testament and expressed in the New Testament. So let's go to the 11th verse. And the Lord said unto him, uh, the 12th verse, he said, Therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth and teach you what you shall say. And he said, Unto my Lord, I pray thee by the hands of him whom thou wilt send. And the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses. And he said, Am I not Aaron 
Is not Aaron the Levi thy brother? I know that he can speak well. And also, behold, he cometh forth to meet thee. And when you see him, thee, he will be glad in his heart. Now you notice, he's still getting Moses ready for signs. He said, now listen, this will be a sign. Your brother will come up and he will be glad to see you. He'll be glad in his heart to see you. But see, because a lot of times we don't walk by, but we walk by sight, we miss the signs that God be giving us. Because Moses made God angry. Because he was trying to say, you need to get somebody else. You need somebody else to talk for you, not me. God chooses one of the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. <laughs> and why he picks people like myself or others to be uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, or teachers, only he knows. And the trouble that you go through, only he knows and understands what you're going through. That's why I tell people, you want to get a blessing from God, don't complain, but look for the signs. So then it says, the 15th verse, and thou shalt speak unto him and put words in his mouth, and I will be with thy mouth and with his mouth and teach you what you shall do. And he shall be a spokesman unto the people, and he shall even be as unto thee instead of a mouth, and thou shalt be to him instead of a God. In other words, he said, listen, I'm going to make you to be in the position of me and you're going to make your brother in position of you. In other words, I'm going to make you look like a God, but he's going to be your prophet. He, you speak to him, and he's going to speak to you. The main thing is always remember, the word of God is the most important thing, and if you obey the word and you say it, fans will follow. Then it says in the 17th verse, it says, And thou shalt take the rod in the hand wherewith thou shalt do Signs, signs, signs. Our God is a God of signs. And Moses went and returned to Jericho, Jethro, his father-in-law, and said unto him, Let me go, I pray thee, and return to my brothers which are in Egypt. And the word Egypt, always remember, means bondage. Right now, when you're not saved by the Lord and you're going through things, you're going through bondage. And the, and the thing is, you want to break that bondage, but you have to be with the word of God. You have to be uh, born again. It's, and once you get this, this new knowledge, it changes your thought. It's not just, oh, man, my body's instantly healed, my mind's instantly healed. It could happen. But the main thing is realize you're no longer under the bondage of this world, which is Satan, but you have a new Lord, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it says, where you shall yet be alive. And Jethro said unto Moses, go in peace. And the Lord said to Moses, and get uh, Midden, go and return to Egypt, for all the men are dead which sought thy life. In other words, the people that tried to kill Moses, God took care of them. And the same thing he will do for you if you're willing to believe and stand, believing that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and he will give you signs that to let you know and other people to know that he is with you. Starting at the 20th verse, and Moses took his wife and his sons and set them up on an ass, and he returned to the land of Egypt. 
And Moses took the rod of God in his hand. And the Lord said unto Moses, When thou go into eternity Egypt, see that thou do all these wonders before Pharaoh, which I have put in thy hand. But I will harden his heart, that he will not let the people go. And thou shalt say unto the Pharaoh, Thus says the Lord, Israel is my son, even my firstborn. I say unto thee, let my son go, that he may serve me. And if you choose to let him go, behold, I will slay thy son, even thy firstborn. So in other words, God said, I'm giving you a sign. Like you have you have a son, I have a son. And it's spiritual, and the spiritual son is each, uh, Israel. And he is my firstborn. And he said, if you don't let my son go, I will cause your blood of your son to be taken from you. So here we are talking about signs. So let's go into the New Testament and to Mark, the 11th chapter. Change. Mark, the 16th chapter, and at the 15th verse. Mark, the 16th chapter, and the, 16th, the 15th verse. Just here, right quick. Because we're talking about the the signs that Jesus put forth to let us know that we are walking with Him. Because signs are supposed to be with our ministry. If we're walking with the Lord Jesus Christ, signs shall be one of the things to show that we are with Him. Okay, Mark the sixteenth chapter. And starting with the 15th verse, and it says after this, it says, And he said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believes and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believes not shall be damned. Now, what is he talking about? Are you talking about water baptism? No. He's talking about spiritual baptism. For our God is a spirit, and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Another word for spirit is understanding. So we are the children of God who have been born again. We have our knowledge increased or our level of understanding increased. And the truth is in the word of God. He is the one who who brings life to us. So it says like this. It says, and these signs, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name or in my authority shall they cast out devils. That's the first thing that he said as a sign. You should be able to cast out devils. What, how am I going to cast it out? By the Spirit of God moving in you, moving your mind into another elevation. These are the miracles or the signs of Jesus. When he, when he was here, his people moved in his authority, and they cast out demons. They cast out devils. Then he said, they shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents, and if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover this is a normal Christian life. That doesn't mean you go out there and pick up snakes 
poisonous snakes or drink their uh, poison because God said you don't put him to the test like that. But it's talking about if you're wrong, around wrong teaching, because there's many false prophets out there, many false teachers, you should be able to discern something ain't right. And then you should be able to search the scriptures for yourself like the Bereans did and see if it's true or not. Then it says, so after that, the Lord has, uh, 19th verse, so then afterwards, the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat at the right hand of God. And they, who? The, the apostles, went forth, preaching everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. With signs following. If there's anybody got any questions, you can call me on the broadcast right now. And, uh, you've got any comments you'd like to say that you can do this. And we have time to, uh, to answer or to search out anything that you would like to search out about, especially about the signs. What are the signs? People are talking about those signs used to happen. They don't happen anymore. Listen, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus says, I am God, and I change not. How do we know that Jesus is God? Because the Word says, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with him, and nothing was made without him. This is God. This is the Word. This is the Word, and God are the same. That's why he said, me and the Father are one. So let's now turn to... So more about the signs of Jesus. Let's turn to Matthew, the 24th chapter, starting with the first verse. Matthew, the 24th chapter, starting with the first verse. And it says this, And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to him to show him the building of the temple. Now, in Judaism, a temple is where they did their sacrifices and everything. And there's only one temple. But there are many synagogues. Synagogues are like a church. And we are supposed to be called the temple of the Most High God. If we're the temple of the Most High God, we're supposed to have signs, and wonders. So Jesus is always talking about signs and wonders. And it starts as this. And Jesus went out and departed from the temple. And his disciples came to show him the building of the temple, as we just said. And Jesus said unto them, See not all these things, verily I say unto you, there, there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be hewn down or thrown down. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives, and the disciples came to him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be? What shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? Now, you got to remember, uh, God writes things and hides them in parables. A lot of things that we look at and just say, well, this is what he meant, but it could be a parable that he's using. And a lot of things that Jesus did, was by parable, and uh, you have to have an understanding what is a parable and what is uh, actuality. 
So anyway, he said uh, there would be not one stone left upon another that would not be hewn down. Well, in the in 70 A.D., there was a uh, a great conflict in Jerusalem, and their temple was torn down, and not one brick was left upon the other. But it also Judaism at that time started being scattered out, and they never had another nation until 2000. Uh, 2,000 years later, which was in um, 1948 of May. That's when Israel became a nation again. But as I say, these are all signs of when Jesus is coming. That's why he says, I show people signs, signs, signs. And it says, and Jesus answered and said unto them, take heed that you no man deceive you, because people are going to try to trick you. They're going to try to use the word against you like, you know, oh, yeah, this word means this and the word means that. You need to search it for yourself. You need to look it up for yourself that people will not be able to deceive you. So in other words, when he said uh, earlier that question was, uh, what shall be the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? The word end of the world actually means the end of this age. The world is without end except after the judgment and stuff. So he wasn't talking about when it's going to end. He was saying when is the end of the Gentile rule or the Egyptian rule or the bondage rule be taken off of us and that we will rule and reign with you. But he's trying to tell us, here's the signs. Before you'll know that you can rule and reign with me before I've taken over, these are the signs. And he said, uh, the fifth verse, he said, many shall come in thy name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. You shall hear wars and rumors of wars. See, you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. In other words, these are signs. He said, you're going to have people who are going to claim to be Christ, or the, the, the anointed one. That's what Christ means. I am the anointed one. And people are going to fall in behind them, believing that these, this is the Messiah, this is the, the anointed one, this is the the one that God has chosen to lead us and everything else. But he said, these are deceivers. And he said, that you'll hear wars and rumors of war. Well, look at all the time we had peace. And then what? World War I came. World War II came. And now we're talking about World War Three. In other words, the whole world is going to be at war. So it was rumors. Then there was war. There was rumors. There was war. And now we have the rumors again. And there is getting ready for World War III. Unless we repent and change our ways and cry out to God that we want to live holy lives, we're going to see this World War III, and it's going to be worse than we've ever seen before. For it says in the seventh verse, it says, For nations shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famine and pestilence and earthquake in dire places or different places. We're already hearing this, the uh, different tornadoes, the different hurricanes, the different earthquakes, the different fires. Right now, there's one out in uh, California, and they were having a hard time putting that fire out because the closer we are to the signs showing that Jesus is coming back, the more we're going to see things. And they said in the eighth verse, all these are the beginning of sorrow. Then they shall deliver thee up to be affliction and shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many 
be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. If God repeats something twice, he needs for you to take an understanding of this. There are so many false prophets, so many false teachers, there's so many betrayers of people, and that they lead you into occultic practice. If you don't go to this church, you're on your way to hell. If you don't believe the way I say, then you're on your way to hell. Everything's got to be the way they believe instead of you searching the scriptures for yourself. And the 12th verse, and it says, Because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. People will say they love you. They will act like they love you. But only if it's got something that can prosper them. In other words, yes, let me do this for you. Let me do that for you so they can have somebody pat them on the back and say, oh, you're a good Christian. You're a good brother. You're a good sister and stuff. Now, there are some people who are really dedicated to help others, but there are far and few in between. This is why when somebody does something for you, thank God first. God had put that in their heart. And then thank them second because they didn't have to do it. You know, a lot of times we, we always want to get credit for ourselves, but when somebody else does something for us, we don't really say, hey, look, I appreciate what you've done. Because I'm telling you, when my kids, I have several kids, when my kids come in and show their appreciation for what I've done to them, it makes me want to do more. The more they appreciate me, the more I want to do for them. And that's the same thing with God. He wants us to appreciate what he does for us, and he shows us signs of how he said, I'm warning you, these things will happen. No, well, he's not letting things happen upon us without telling us. Jesus is the one who's speaking this, and that's why it's written in red in most Bibles. And then it says, but, 13, but he that shall endure to the end, the same shall be saved. Endure what? When people talk about you, when they persecute you, when they talk all manner of evil about you, and you know you haven't done nothing wrong, don't cuss them out. Don't get mad at them. But thank God that you're willing to go through the test. That's all it is, is a test. And that people will see you and what, how you handle things, and their life will change. I was listening to a man earlier today. He was so depressed. He said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I could tell he was talking to his, uh, a mate. But the thing is, when you're that depressed, then you'll, you won't think clearly, and you'll do things that's wrong. Now, some of you, I, I, I'm including myself, I tried to commit suicide because I was going through a uh, divorce, and I thought this way it will get even with her. But that wasn't going to hurt her. The only person that's going to hurt was me. But when you start learning that God shows us that he loves us and that miracles will come up in our lives and what happened with me, God sent a sign, and that was I saw a shadow of Jesus and two things on the cross. And that sign was what kept me from killing myself. So let's keep on going. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. Then shall the end come. When you, therefore, shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken by Daniel the prophet, standing in the holy place, Whoever reads this, let him understand. Then let them that which is in Judea flee into the mountains. Let him that is on the housetop not come down to take anything out of his house. In other words, run. When you see the things about these signs coming to pass, 
run. Find you a place that you can sit and have the Lord in your life where you can pray and say, Lord, I need my food multiplying. Did he not do it for uh, the children uh, when they were with Jesus? Jesus did it. Did it not happen with uh, Elijah when he needed food? Was it not multiplied? It is. So whatever he needs, whatever you need, if you're willing to believe and look for the signs, here it is in the scriptures, the signs, you'll be able to you'll be able to survive even at the, at the hardest time. You'll be able to because the, the signs lead to Jesus, and Jesus is the word. Then it says, uh, 19, Woe unto them with child, and to them that give sucks in those days. But pray you that your flight is not in winter, neither on the Sabbath day. And there shall be a great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world until this time. No, nor ever shall be. And except those days be shortened, there shall be no flesh saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then if any man shall say unto you, Lo, here is Christ, or there, believe it not. For there shall be many, there shall be arise false Christ, false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonder, insomuch that if it was possible, they would receive the very elect. In other words, here's Jesus talking about there could be false signs and false wonders. Oh, man, uh, this man, he prayed for this person, and his headache was lifted, and he was healed. Well, yes, that's, that could be a sign. That could be a wonder. But you also got people that, can, that know pressure points on a person's body, and they know which pressure points to push to, to get the pain out of your body. But signs and wonders like, Hands growing back, feet growing back, that has to be God. There's no way anybody can imitate that. Okay? The 25th verse, Behold, I have told you before, wherefore you shall say, wherefore if they say unto you, Behold, he is in the desert, go not forth. Behold, he is in a secret chamber, believe it not. Now there was a time when the Catholic Church said that Jesus was alive and he was in a secret chamber, in the Vatican. So here's another sign. Jesus saying these things are going to be talked about and happen, and here they are, talked about and it is happening. 27. For as lightning cometh out of the east and shineth unto the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For wherever the carcass is, there shall the eagles be gathered together. Now the reason they use the word eagle, which should then use as vultures. You know, when a, a dead anything is on the ground, the first thing they do is the vultures come out. Eagles will not eat dead meat. They want it, they kill their own fresh meat. So here it is here are these people trying to tell you all about prosperity, prosperity, prosperity. You need a new house, you need a new car, you need a new life. Those other things will come Afterwards, but you need a new life. If your life is out of order with God, you need to get your life in divine order. You got to understand if my life is starting to line up in divine order, then signs and wonders are going to show up in your ministry. But I'm not a pastor, I'm not a prophet. Doesn't matter. It says, Believer, these signs shall follow them. If you're a believer, these signs should follow you. 
Jesus talked about signs. You're supposed to talk about signs, and you should have some proof. It says on the 29th verse, immediately after the tribulation of these days, shall the sun be darkened, and the moon shall not give up her light, and the stars shall fall from the heavens, and the power of the heavens shall be shaken. Then shall appear the sign, the sign of the Son of Man in the heavens, and there shall be all these all the tribes of the earth mourning, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Power and great glory. Is it possible that you can have power and no authority? Yes. Then you have authority and no power. Yes. It's all about your understanding. The battle's in your mind. You've got to get the understanding that God is the authority, and he gives us power if after the Holy Ghost has come upon us. So when we have this working in our lives, we have power to cast out demons. We have power to speak in other tongues. We have power to prophesy. No matter what the Holy Spirit does, he's the one who gives you the power. And when you do that, men should be able to discern if you are God and the kingdom of light, or darkness, the kingdom of Satan. Let's keep on going here. 31st. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together his elect from the four corners, or from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, let's talk about some more about signs. There are two there's natural signs and spiritual signs. To give you an interpretation of a, a natural sign, is like you look at a car license and you see 668. You say, well, I believe this is a sign God gives me, and you play 668 and you won. Well, it had to be God because look at how I won it. But how many other numbers did you see first and played and didn't win if you played a lot of them? See, that's the thing. Uh, there's the natural and there's supernatural. But when Trump ran for president, they talk about, oh, he's the great Trump of God and everything. That's what we call natural. But supernatural, God could use him to be the Trump of God. So that's why we look for the supernatural and see what it does. The signs and wonders shall follow. Okay? And it says, now learn the parable of the fig tree, 32. When his branches is yet tender and put forth, please, you shall know the summer is nigh, looking for signs. What is the sign that God is hiding here? He said the fig tree. What is the fig tree? The fig tree represents the nation called Israel. If you know, as I told you earlier, Israel ceased to be a nation in 70 AD and did not come back to a nation until uh, 1948. So here is a sign. He said, now, when you see Israel coming back together again, that means the branch is yet tender and putting forth its leaves, know that the time is getting short. It says, likewise, when you see all these things, know it is near, even at the door. For verily I say to you, this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. What things? The wars, rumors of wars, the... uh, the sun not giving it uh, shall be darkened, the moon not giving her light, stars falling from the heavens, 
uh, powers of the heaven shall be shaken. People will start having heart attacks and seeing the things that are coming up on this earth. But these are just the beginning. These are just the beginning. And it says, these, this, when this generation starts seeing this, it shall not pass. Well, what is a generation? A generation can be 10, 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, 120. So when he said this generation shall not pass, it means one of those generations. So if I was interpreting the scriptures, I would stay closer to 100. So for year 2048, and I'm not prophesying anything, before the year 2048, Jesus is going to come back. And when that happens, we'll be able to look back in hindsight and see the signs that was in the Bible that showed us that this was getting ready to happen. And it says of the 36th verse, well, let's go to the 35th verse. It says, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of the day and the hour knows no man, no, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. In other words, uh, there's a, uh, a sign that God gave the Jewish people, and that sign was uh, marriage. And the way Jesus talks about how about the, uh, the virgins and all that, it's talking about a marriage, and that's what God has told us. He said, when Jesus said, I got to go away and I got to prepare a place at my father's house and there you can be with me also, that's the same thing with a Jewish marriage. The, the bridegroom leaves to go to his father's house and he builds a new house on the father's land for this wife to come live with him. But nobody knows when he'll be finished except the father because he's got to give the approval that the house is built. And these are, as I told you, these are just signs that are hidden. But if you know the secret, if you understand the word and you be ready, you won't be caught as a thief in the night. But you will know these things are coming to pass because of the signs and wonders that God has given us. So verse 37, as the day of Noah, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the day that was before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And they knew not until the flood came and took them all, not some, all the way. So shall be the coming of the Son of Man be. There shall be two in the field. One shall be taken, another left. Two women shall be got a grinding at the mill. One shall be taken, the other left. Watch therefore, for you knew not when the hour of your Lord shall come, but know this that if the good man of the house had known in which hour the thief would come, he would have watched and would not have let his, suffer his house to be broken up. Therefore, be you also ready for the, such an hour as you think not the Son of Man cometh. In other words, he said, I'm showing you signs. I'm teaching you about signs. I'm telling you how to interpret signs and look for the signs. He wants us to look for signs. There was uh, Gideon. He said, Lord, if this is really you, I'm going to put this fleece out here, and I want you to make the ground wet and the fleece dry. Then he turned around, I want you to make the fleece dry and the ground wet. Then he knew it was a sign for him that it was God talking to him. Moses, 
was sitting at the uh, burning bush, and he still wanted to know a sign. And what did he get? He got the rod where he could throw it down on the ground and became a serpent, picked it up by the tail, and it became a rod again. He was able to uh, uh, put water from the river, and as soon as he poured it out, it became blood. And so these are signs, signs. And what not only does God give signs to his people, but he gives signs to the others. Every one of those signs that were done against Egypt was against their God. They had ten different gods they worshipped. And our God defeated all ten of them by saying he is the greatest of all. And even the magicians, which were Pharaoh's people, which if you look them up, they were Jews. They were Jews. They said they know the difference between the power of witchcraft and the power of the Most High God. And they had to admit it was the Most High God. But as I say, if you don't look for signs, you won't see signs. If you're not looking for an answer, you will not receive an answer. But we as the people of God, we're looking for signs. We're looking for wonders. We're looking for the, the Lord himself to teach us. But that's what he does, teaches what to look for so that we'll be able to escape, escape this thing that's getting ready to happen. All right. Now let's go to 47. And it says, who then is a faithful and wise servant whom his Lord has made rule over all his household to give him meat in his due season? There is a time and a season that everything that you're going through and, and hurt and pain and stuff, God will change your sadness into joy, your, your uh, poverty into prosperity. But you got to remember, it's a time and a season, and each person is not the same. It says, blessed is the servant on whom the Lord, when he comes, find him so doing. Make sure that you're uh, to make sure you're really in Christ. Look for signs and wonders. Look for miracles. Uh, a timid person will never see a miracle. Well, I, I, I pray the Lord, but it didn't happen. You had no faith. Back there again. I praise the Lord, and I'm waiting for it to happen. There you go. You just change the way you say things. And when you change the way you say things, you change the way you, your perspective on how you you understand things. And the understanding will change your mind. That's why it says, with all you're getting, get an understanding. But verily I say unto you, the 47th verse, that who shall make his, but verily I say unto you, that he will make his ruler over all good. But, but, and if the evil servant shall so stay in his heart, my Lord delays his coming, and begin to smite the fellow servants, and eat and drink with the drunkards, the Lord of the servants shall come in the day when he looked not for him, and in an hour when he's not aware, he shall cut him down asunder and appoint him with a portion of the hypocrites. There shall be a weeping and gnashing of teeth. The word hypocrite means an actor. And there's a lot of actors in the church right now. There's a lot of people, oh, a lot of people are going to be saved. No, the Bible says only a few. The Bible says that uh, if, you, if you sow, you'll reap. Yes, but it doesn't mean just money. If you sow evil, you're going to reap evil. If you sow goodness, you're going to receive goodness. Well, what happens if the person don't do good to me when I do bad? And what happens if I do bad and 
I do start to do bad things and the people start doing evil more to me or all of a sudden they start blessing me. You can't figure out how God's going to operate. All you can do is obey the word. The word says, do unto others as you'd have them do unto you. But what happens if it don't? I told you, do unto others as you'd want them to do unto you, not as you think they should do unto you, but as you want them to do unto you. And as you plant that seed, God's miracles will start to come forth. You'll see signs and wonders again. There's a part that says, give, and it'll be given unto you, shaken down, poured over, that men shall give to your bosom. It didn't say church would give to you. It said men would give to you. I've seen this over and over again, what the Bible says. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or a seed begging bread. If you do what the word says, I don't care how broke you are, God will send somebody. He will bring somebody into your life to give you what you need. So that's why it says he will cause men to give unto your bosom. But as I say, you got to understand this is a book of science. The Bible is a book of science. Now, the science is he told you what you need to do, how to be looking for him, and that these things will change according to the science that you start to really believe in. So let's keep on going here. You could have found that Let's get down to the. Uh, the oh well, twenty first, I mean twenty fifth chapter of Matthew, and the first verse. Uh, Dorothy, do you have anything, or anybody want to ask any questions? Um, no. The only thing I was thinking of was, you know, there will be some false signs, um, and wonders and miracles. And we're going to need mm-hmm. discernment to figure them out. And we had a good example of this in the Old Testament with Moses when Pharaoh had his magicians just copy everything Moses did. So mm-hmm. we need to really pay attention and not just assume that every miracle we see is from Father. We need to Mm-hmm. Test all things and and test the spirits behind them. That's the only thing I can mm-hmm. think. Of. So. You know, especially on the uh, you know when they said there'd be lying wonders. In other words, right. uh, to Give you an example is those things that uh, are done by computers. You know, if you stay around the computer and stay on it long enough, they can brainwash you. They can change your way of thinking. The way you'll think evil is good and good is evil, and you can't tell the difference. But if you move by the Spirit, you'll start to discern the things that is of God and the things that are not of God, plus the signs. Always remember the signs are in the Scriptures. And the more we study the signs, the stronger we become in the Word of God. As I say, anybody out there got any questions or comments? I mean, even if you disagree with me, you can call in. And what's that number again, Dorothy? It's 646-595-4784 and press 1 to raise your hand. You know, I wanted to share this with you, see what get your opinion on this. I had seen a YouTube video a few years ago that everybody was touting as miraculous 
God thing. And what was going on in a church setting was that someone was praying over these people and saying, Holy Ghost fire. Now, those who have, those of us who have been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we know what that feels like. These people were actually feeling fire and pain and burning, and they thought that was God. I was so saddened by that. Okay. Now, you got to remember, the, the Hebrew word is uh, kohadesh, holy, and sin, uh, S-I-N, but it's also another word. It's not sin, per se, but it means fire, Shem. And so, yes, you can do that called Holy Ghost fire, but it only burns. you got to remember, our God is the God of the Spirit. It only burns holy, I mean, unholy spirit. In other words, if there are demons in a person, they cannot stand uh, Holy Ghost fire. They cannot stand holy water. They can't stand cross, crosses. But you got to remember, every demon is just like a human person. They have their own weaknesses and their own strength. So sometimes you can call holy water on somebody or squirt them with the holy water and nothing happens to them. You can say, hold a cross to them and touch them, it doesn't bother them. Others, they, you touch them with a cross, they're ready to fight. You touch them with the word Holy Ghost uh, uh, water or Holy Ghost fire. Yeah, so as I say, they try to imitate, but it only burns demons. It only burns the, the kingdom of darkness, not the kingdom of light. And you can feel right. the and fire and God, like, mm-hmm. go ahead. You wouldn't feel like your flesh was on fire. I mean, the demon would feel like his body, mm-hmm. spiritual body, was on fire. But a flesh person is not going to feel like he's burning, right? Well, this, as I told you, uh flesh person... That might it might not be a flesh person that you're listening to. It might be a demon speaking through that person. When it says my body's on fire, my feet's on fire, and stuff like that, that's a it spirit. was everybody not- in the it, it, it was everybody this guy went and touched, and it was like the whole congregation. So it wasn't mm-hmm. you could not discern any like well that person has obviously has a demon and that person is fine. There was no it was everybody. Okay. So was there any signs uh operating? In other words, did anybody get healed? Did anybody get their eyesight back? No, they just all felt like they were on fire. That's the okay, that's, only thing that came through. Mhm. See that's what I'm talking about. We look to we took the signs. Jesus said you look for signs, and he told the Pharisees that I'll tell you the sign of, of of Jonah. He's in the belly of the whale for three days and three nights. What did Jesus do? Went into the earth for three days and three nights, and he rose from the dead. But if you days you going around, Holy Ghost fire, ain't nothing happening, nobody getting healed. I start discerning. I said, well, I don't see that in the Bible. There's miracles. Like, there's others. I've seen people call the, uh, as I say, this is between them and God, where they call it Holy Ghost laughter. And everybody's in there laughing and stuff. But I see no miracles. I didn't see nobody getting healed. And there'll be all these churches be just laughing and falling out on the floor. I said, 
Let me see a sign of that this is God. No sign. I don't believe it's God. So, yeah, that's what the same thing what you were just saying, you know. Yeah, it's the whole body's on fire, but you don't see nobody getting healed. Nobody getting delivered. Nobody getting saved. That's why we really got to be very careful in these end days to keep our eyes open that we'll be able to judge what is going on. Because the Bible says those are spiritual, judges all things, and himself and not judged by any. Then it also tells, you know, judge not, at least you be judged. For the same way that you measure, it'll be measured back under you. But it was talking, when Jesus said it in Matthew, he was talking about a carnal-minded person judging things, earthly type of judgment versus a heavenly type of judgment where signs and wonders will be there. And, it's, and he made it very clear, lying signs. He didn't say signs and wonders. He said lying signs, imitators uh, are hypocrites, you know, actors. So, all right. Any more? That's it for now. Oh, okay. Now, let me keep on going here. Let me see. Uh, sorry, Matthew, the 25th chapter, starting with the first verse. Then Jesus is, after he's told what's going to happen to those that are the actors, or the hypocrites, that they're going to be weeping and nailing the teeth and stuff. Then he said, now, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins who took their lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Five of them was wise and five was foolish. What made them wise and what made them foolish? It doesn't say. It does not say. So in other words, half the church will have knowledge and half the church will not. Now I'm just, just putting it like the Lord, Lord told me. He said, everybody who's shouting they're saved ain't saved. Everybody who thinks they're going to heaven ain't on their way to heaven. But those that search the word diligently, and then live upon it, feast upon it, be hungry and thirst after it, after righteousness, they're the ones that shall be saved. Then it says, then the third verse, it says, they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil with the vessel, with their lamp. What is the oil? The oil represents the spirit. What does the spirit do? He teaches us the word. Who is the word? He is the word. He enters into us. So here are these these women half studying the scriptures, half reading what they need to do, and the other wise ones, they searched the scriptures. They ate of the word of God. They ate of the, the goodness of Jesus Christ. So they were ready. And then when the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered in sleep. Yeah, Jesus ain't showed up yet. So let where is he? Where is he? You talk about your God. Where is he? Don't worry. He's going to show up when you least expect it. And, in, and at midnight, when there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh. Go you out and to meet him. Then all these virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give me some of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. He said, But the wise answered and said, Not so. At least it would be not enough for us and you. But go you rather to them that sell and buy for yourself. In other words, they were trying to say, listen, you had your chance to prepare. You had your chance to get yourself ready. And now you're lacking. 
So now you have to go to the place that has what you need, the word of God. And they're going to, they, they say, but you've got oil, we want to take yours. That's the way the church is. I mean, I hate to say that about the church people, but a lot of it's all about me, 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 me. If you don't believe the way I believe, then you're wrong. If you don't see it the way I see it, you're wrong. And if you if you start to prosper, then you're supposed to bless me. Yeah. It ain't always like that. God might tell somebody, this is what I give to you, and I got certain people I want you to bless. But here's the other people that's in the church. No, you're supposed to bless everybody. Everybody's equal. Everybody's equal. Well, I hate to tell you, but everybody's not equal. The Bible says that he loved them that love him. If you love Christ, then you're equal to him. But if you don't love him, you're not equal. You're just claiming the promises that goes out, and you're trying to say, this is for me. I claim that promise. I claim that promise. Now, here are the signs. The signs will, will show either you're with him or against him. Then it says, um, the eighth verse, be wise answering, but the wise answer said, not so. We already got to that. The tenth verse, it says, while they went, to buy, the bridegroom came, and they were ready, and they that were ready went in with him into the marriage, and the door was shut. You get ready, you go with Jesus. You're not ready, you won't go. There used to be a, a saying, those that are prepared goes with the Lord, but those who have not prepared will end up going to hell. Well, that's not right. Listen, I didn't write the book. Jesus wrote the book, and I, I believe what he needs, the cream of the crop. Why give God junk when you should give him your best? And it ain't always money. Sometimes it's time. Sometimes it might be helping somebody else, you know. But these are the things that we need to be looking at. It ain't the signs are, if you do these things, this thing shall appear in your life. This is how people should know if you're a Christian or not. How do you show love one to another? You can't go up to heaven and give God your love, but you can show the people that you love him by how we treat one another. Then it says, um, the 11th verse, after we came also the other version, said, Lord, open unto us. And he answered and said, Verily I said to you, I know you not. Watch therefore, you shall neither for you know neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man cometh. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling into a far country who calls his servants and delivers them his goods. And then one he gave five talents, to another two, and another one. To another man, according uh, to every man, according to his several abilities, and straightway took his journey. God is not going to give you more than you can handle. People will be, I need a big church. I need this and that. No, you don't. God gave you what you can handle. And he wants to see what you're going to do with that, what he gave you. Then it says, then he that had received five talents went and traded them with them and made them five others. Likewise, he that has received two, he also gained another two. He that had received one went and dug into the earth and hid his Lord's money. After a long time, the Lord of the servant come and reckoned with them, so that he had received five talents, came and brought five other talents, saying the Lord, 
thou delivered unto me five talents? Behold, I gained beside them five talents more. The Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast made a faith, been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. That is what we're looking for, to make God happy. Because the Bible teaches us that uh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. It didn't say his strength, our strength. When we make him happy by doing what he tells us to do, fulfilling the will of what we have to do down here, he'll make us happy. And he gives us things. He rewards us. Then it says the 22nd. He had also received two talents, came and said, Lord, thou delivered unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two others, talents besides them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. For thou have, thou have been faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Then when he that had received one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee was a, art a hard man, reaping where thou not sow and gathering where thou have not strong. And I was afraid and went and had thy talent in the earth. So lo, there is that is thine. And the Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful, lazy servant, thou knewest not, knewest that I reap where I sow not and gather where I have not sown. Thou therefore, thou art therefore had put my money to the exchanges, and then at my coming I should have received my own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him and give it to him that has ten talents. In other words, uh, as I told you, God has favorites. Those that love him, he rewards them. Those that just, hey, I'm claiming the promises, but they don't show that they really love him by not doing what's right, he'll take what you got and give it to somebody else. And you notice he didn't give it to the one with the five talents. Or he gave it to the one, I mean, he didn't give it to the one that had the two talents. He gave it to the one who had five, which made it ten, plus the one he got made him eleven. God is a fickler for his law. He wants us to prosper according to his word, not the way we think. A lot of times our thoughts are not like his and we'll miss him. So that's one of the things I tell people all the time. Study the word for yourself. Don't try to figure this thing out. You know, the Bible says in Proverbs 3 and 5, Lean not to your own understanding, but acknowledge him in all thy ways, and he shall direct your path. But another interpretation is, stop trying to figure God out. He's already worked it out. All you have to do is walk it out. Walk by faith and not by sight. All right. I'm surprised nobody calls in. You got two hours for people to learn, and if they don't, Agree, call in so we can search the scriptures together. But I'm not criticizing you. I'm just trying to encourage you. Study, study, study. All right. Let's go to the next one here. The the 29th verse. And unto everyone that shall be given, that shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that has not, that shall not be taken, oh, 
shall not be taken away even that what he has. In other words, hey, God will give you something, bless you with something, but if you don't do what God says, then you're unprofitable. And then he said, the next verse is, cast you the unprofitable servant into outer darkness that shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man comes in his glory, all his angels with him, shall he, and then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate one from another, the sheep divided from sheep and from the goat. The shepherd divided his sheep from the goat. In other words, he's saying, those, we don't know in the end who really serve God and who ain't. This is not nothing that you need to play around with. You really need to know what does the scripture say, how to prepare yourself for the kingdom, how, what is the foundation of the kingdom. In other words, it's helping others. That's the bottom line. In fact, if I just read what it says, the 34th verse, it says, Then the king shall say unto him on his right hand, Come, blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom, prepare for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you took me in. Naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and you came unto me. Then the righteous, see, God made it very clear. Then the righteous, those that, the word righteous in some forms in me like this, those that do what's right, answered him and said, Lord, when saw we you were hungry and fed thee or thirsty or gave you drink? When you saw, when saw we thee in the, as a stranger and took, in, took thee in or naked and clothed thee? Or when did we see you sick or in prison? And came unto thee. The king shall answer and say unto thee, Verily I say unto you, In so much as you done it unto the least of my brothers, you have done it unto me. See, he's talking about a sign here. If you do it to the, your least, the, the one that you expect not to be able to pay you back or do anything for you, then God may be in that person. And that's how you're going to get blessed. The more we do for others, thinking that we're doing it for the Lord, not for ourselves or somebody to pat us on the back, then we're going to receive greater closeness to the Holy Spirit. And the more the Holy Spirit is going to walk with you, the less you're going to see of the earth. You're going to see that you're going to be looking for more for the goodness of people instead of the evilness of people. You want to be trying to change people's thoughts instead of curse people's thoughts. We are the children of the Most High God. And we are the ones who are supposed to change this world to make it a little bit better than when we, when we first got born here. That's our job. And that's the whole sign of God, making this thing better than when we got here. If we win one soul, we done, we done did something good. Because the Bible says, he who wins souls are wise. If you win one soul, you don't run a universe. If we cause one soul to go to hell, we done lost the universe. That's why we have to pitch every day. Are we really in the faith? Are we really looking to see the good of mankind, or are we trying to find something bad about them all the time? Then it says, the 41st verse, Then shall they say unto me, also on the left, Depart from me, you cursed, into everlasting fire, 
prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and you took me not in. Naked, and you did not clothe me sick, and, and in prison, you didn't come visit me not. Then shall the then also answer him, saying, Lord, when we saw thee hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and did not minister unto you, then shall he answer them, saying, Verily I say unto you, insomuch as you did it not to one of the least of these, you did it not to me. And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, and but the righteous into everlasting eternity. In other words, you can be wrong and not realize you're wrong. But if you go back and read the signs with God, said, these are the things I require. This is what I require. If you do those things, you'll be re- recorded or rewarded for those things. But if you miss those things, well, I didn't see that. I didn't read it. I didn't study it. My preacher didn't teach that. There's no excuse. Your job is to study it for yourself. For yourself. All right. As I said, I did teachings of the uh, signs of how Jesus did miracles and stuff, and he showed us that uh, he wants us to do teachings. He wants us to do miracles. He wants us to be, obey the commandments, and that he's given us power and authority that we can work through his authority and that we can change things in our lives first. We can't change somebody else's life first. You got to change things in your life first. Change the things in your life first, then you can help change others. If you go through the Bible, you'll see a lot of Jesus. He did a lot of teaching. He had a fourfold ministry. He came teaching, preaching, healing, and prophesying. People, I, I was at a church and I asked, I said, uh, "How many people here have cast out demons?" And they looked at me like I was crazy. They said, "Churches don't cast out demons anymore." What is the Holy Ghost changed? Has Jesus changed? Are you doing the miracles? If you're doing the miracles, yeah, then I guess there is no demons being cast out anymore. But if Jesus is living in you and you see a person suffering because of demon possession and you don't do nothing, that's just like turning your back on Jesus. We have authority. We have power. And it's going to show up on us through the Holy Spirit. So in other words, if you're living what you're saying, preaching something, if you're living what you're saying, the Holy Spirit will show itself up in you. Okay, but let's start at uh, Mark, the fifth chapter, and the first verse. Mark, the fifth chapter, and the first verse. And they came over to the other side of the sea, into the country of the gathering. And when they went out of the ship, immediately there came near him out of the tomb a man with an unclean spirit. You notice how the first thing he tells us is go out and cast out demons. The first thing he does in the scriptures is miracles and cast out demons. In fact, about if you go back to the beginning, I think it's in Mark, you'll find out the first miracle that he did, not the first sign, but the first miracle was he prayed for a, a man with an unclean spirit. The first sign and miracle was the changing of the water into wine. But see, the anointing that's supposed to be with you is supposed to stir up the devil so he don't want to be around you. 
when you walk into a place and everybody accepts you and smiling and you're friends, more than likely you're probably living like that and doing the same thing they're doing. That's why we got to fight. We got to fight, 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 and make sure, first of all, we're right, and then get the kingdom of God to operate in us so we can help others. And it says, then they came, uh, the fifth chapter in the second verse, and when they came out of the ship, immediately they met him, a man with an unclean spirit, who in his dwelling among the tombs, and no man bind him, no, not with chains, because he had been often bound with fetters, and chains, and the chains had been plucked asunder by him, and the feathers broken into pieces, neither could any man tame him. Always, night and day. The reason they said night and day, because if you take Judaism, they go by night and day. It doesn't go day and night like we do, but it's the opposite. Night, then day. And he was in the mountains and the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. That is a spirit we call the cutter spirit, and those things still exist. You meet in many women, many men, they cut themselves so they can't get no relief from the, the problems they're going through in their mind. And when they feel the pain of the cutting with a blade or a knife or something like that, it makes them feel better. But it is nothing but a spirit in them. We need to cast that spirit out. The only way you're going to cast it out is understand what the word says and operate in the word. If he says that we can call out devils and cast them out, we can call out devils we can cast them out. But fearful and the tempest, they don't have that part of the lake of fire that burns forever because they did not understand that it's greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. It's not you doing the miracle. It's he. Then it says, uh, but when he saw Jesus, the sixth verse, afar off, he ran and worshipped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what does I have to do with thee, Jesus, the son of the most high God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. For he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And what happened? Jesus had told that thing to come out of this man several times, and it didn't come out. Now, Jesus can call the demon out. It doesn't come out. Something that we must be looking for. What sign did God give us that we need to learn? So then it says, and the part where it says, I adjure you by God. Now, he's talking, he says, I'm talking about the power of God that you torment me not. And so he, he told him to come on out, and he didn't. And so then the ninth verse, he said, he asked me, what's your name? He said, he answered and said, my name is Legion. Boy, we are many. Now, the thing is, until you know what Legion means, you have no clue. You think that's the name of the demon. But the word Legion means kingdoms. In other words, they were saying we are many kingdoms. And you can't cast out all the demons at the same time. I know people say, well, yes, you can. Jesus did. No, he didn't. You have to go back and read the scriptures for yourself. What happened was, try to cast it up. It wouldn't come out. He said, what is your name? He said, my name is Legion, so there's many of us. In other words, there's uh, Jezebel's spirit. She has her army. There's Ahaz's spirit. He has his army. And you have Moloch and uh, there's even one named Annabelle. There's so many different uh, kingdoms out there. And what you got to do is you got to defeat the kingdom. So here it is. Jesus done asked him. He done told him there's many of us. That's why they, 
He said, that's why he said, my name is Legion, or my authority is, for there's many of us. And then it's 10th verse. He said, and if he sought thee much, they would not send him out of the country. Now there was a nigh to the mountain, a herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, send us unto the swine, and that we may enter into them. For Jesus gave them leave. You notice he didn't cast them out. That's what I'm trying to tell you. He did not cast them out. He let them go. He said, listen, here's the deal. They want to make a deal. That's the name of this. Let's make a deal. If you don't send us out of the country, and if you'll send us into this land, we'll come out. All those kingdoms would come out. But they would run into the the swine, and each one of those swine will have a kingdom of there. As I tell you, it could be the kingdom of Jezebel, it could be the kingdom of, uh, uh, what's that other one, um, um, Mammon. And each one has their own personality, their own kingdom, their own rules. So forthwith Jesus gave them leave. In other words, if you find it in another part, he'll say, go. He was tired. He said, go. And the unclean spirits went out and entered to the swine. The herd ran down the valley, down the sheep, into the sea, where they were about 2,000, and were choked in the sea. And they that fed the swine told it and fled to the city and in the country. And they went out to see what was that had been done. And they came to Jesus and seen him that was possessed with the devil and had, had legion, many kingdoms, many different kingdoms, sitting clothed, and in his right mind, they were afraid. When they said that he was sitting and clothed in his right mind, you know, why didn't they say left mind? It's his right mind, because this part is called the logic. He was able to hold a logical conversation there. Before, when he was demon-possessed, the demons were doing all the talking. So a lot of times when you think you might talk to a human being, you may be talking to a demon. You may be talking to a devil. You may be even talking to the things that we're getting ready, we're into the battle now. We're in deeper warfare than we've ever been before. And people are still trying to fight them with the old weapons and say, in the name of Jesus, come out. In the name of Jesus, come out. It's more like a chant than to be able to be a command. They don't have no understanding of the warfare that we have. Our weapons are not carnal, but mighty through God to pulling down the strongholds. Well, they think casting the demon out is a stronghold. No, you have to break down the wall where the demon is hiding again or hiding behind. Take away his legal rights. That's why you've heard some preachers talk about going to the courtroom and breaking demon strongholds, getting the legal right from them. As I say, it's, it's bad, but our churches have not been taught right for years. It's time for us to get back to the old Old Holy Ghost field church, speaking in tongues, casting out demons, looking and loving people, loving people instead of position, loving people except instead of loving the pat on the back, loving people the way you're willing to help whatever it takes to get this person saved. A drug addict don't need you to come and talk about I'm a drug addict. That is not going to save him. A drug addict wants hope. What can you tell me that will change me? What can you teach me that will uh, take me away from this stuff, of messing over my family, killing people and stuff like that? We've got to give them hope, and our hope is in the word of God with signs 
and wonders. Signs and wonders. Now, they won't get a person saved, but it sure gets you thinking about it when you, you're up there seeing that somebody's hand that was severed, cut completely off, all of a sudden goes back in front of you. There's nothing nobody can say because it had to be God. As they say, the, 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 the magicians of the old time in Egypt, they knew up till the point they could be copied just about everything that Moses could do, but then after that they had to admit, uh-uh, this is God. This is the most high God, and they couldn't do it no more. So our main thing is keep focus on the signs that God has given us, keep focusing on the scriptures of the word, and use your mind to think of what does this mean to me. Be not afraid, but be thinking about what the word is to you and learn it and learn it and learn it again. All right. Well, I'm giving y'all a shout out there now. Ain't nobody calling in. Time to get you to any questions you want to ask. I'm not the smartest man in the world, but I know a little bit. All right. I'm going to finish up this then. Uh, the 15th verse, it says, And they that came to Jesus, seeing him that was possessed with the devil. Remember that sitting in his right mind. And then they saw it. And uh, the 16th verse, and they that saw it told them how it befell him that was possessed with the devil and also concerning the swine. And they began to praise praise him to depart out of the country, out of the coast. In other words, instead of throwing the party for Jesus, they would tell me to get out of there. That's the same thing with churches. If you start moving in the spirit realm and start doing what the Bible says, there's nine gifts in First Corinthians, the ninth chapter. And if you move into one that uh, start prophesying, and I don't mean get you a new house and a new car, I'm talking about prophesying until you get your life together, that you need to change the things you're doing, stop shacking and stuff, stop stealing, stop fornicating, stop uh, being judgmental, because it doesn't, it doesn't uh, fall up into your way of thinking. And get back to what he said. If you got to uh, pull that, that, that thing out of your eye so that you can help pull the uh, thing out of your your friends, eye, your brother, your sister, whatever it takes. And so, in the 18th verse, they said, when he came to the ship, he that had been possessed with the devil prayed him that he might be with him. In other words, pray is not the same thing as we we think of pray. Pray it can also mean talk. That's why in the 17th verse. It said they did get to talk with him to depart out of the coast. They wasn't praying to him. And just like when it's in the 18th verse, it's in the devil and that was possessed with the devil, talked to him that he might be with him. They hardly ever, Jesus suffered him not and said unto him, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for thee and has had compassion on thee. Yeah, he departed and began to publish or talk about it in the capital, how many things, how great things Jesus had done for him, and all the men marveled. Marveled. That's where we should be. When we walk into a church service, people should be marveling at what God is doing through us, signs and wonders. We should be able to read in the Bible, says, Jesus cast out demons then we should be able to cast out demons. Jesus prayed for the sick and they got healed. Then we should pray for the sick and they get healed. If the person doesn't get healed, 
Does that mean they don't have uh, faith? No. It means it may be not their season yet. God puts us through times and seasons just to make us ready for the kingdom. The kingdom is warfare. It's not walking around in rose-colored glasses going through the tulips and stuff, and everything's just as bad as it could be. It could be your wife. It could be your husband. It could be your children. Somebody's going to turn against you so that you can see what you're really made out of. Are you the one that's going to be saying, I'm the peacemaker, or are you the one who's the war maker? We're the ones that, if we're truly living for the Lord, we're the ones that's supposed to be the peacemakers. We're the ones who, even though we're being talked about and everything's going wrong in our life, we're the ones that say, I believe in God. I trust Jesus. I believe that he's going to bring me out. Because you never know when he's going to have mercy and compassion on you, and when he stretch out his hand on words in Hebrew, head means thought. When he puts his thought upon you, everything starts going good. No matter what you do, it'll it'll start going great for you. But look at part of the signs and wonders here. Let's go to uh, the 21st verse. Miracles of healing. When Jesus was passed over again by the ship until the other side, much people gathered unto him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and when he saw him, he fell at his feet and besought him greatly, saying, My little girl lies at the point of death. I pray thee, I talk to thee, come and lay thy hands upon her, that she may be healed, and she shall live. And Jesus went to him, and much people followed him and enthroned him, got around him. I mean, he wanted, they, they want to see miracles. They want to see miracles. Signs and wonders is what we want, true signs and wonders. We don't want this, this stuff that uh, they can sell holograms where a person come walking through the wall, and if you didn't know what a, a computer was, you'd think, oh, this, is, this is, must be God. And Jesus walked through walls, but Jesus did it really. But these, uh, these holograms, they're not doing it for real. They're just showing uh, things out of, uh, of light showing things that look like it's real, but it's not. But let's keep on reading here. It says, a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians and had sent all, had spent all she had and was nothing better, but rather got worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press by having and touched his garment. And she said, if, now look, see the battle's in the mind. If I may touch but his clothes, I shall be made whole. She had already battled in her mind. If I touch his clothes, the anointing that's in him will heal me. It didn't say that uh, Jesus would heal her. He said, I will be made whole. Then it says in the 29th, it says, and straightway the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed from that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that the virtue had gone out of him of power, turned himself around in the press and said, Who touched my clothes? And the disciples said unto him, Thou see the multitude thronging you are touching me, saying thou, Who touched me? He said, He looked around and about to see her that was done this thing. But the woman fearing and trembling, knowing what was done in her cave, and fell down before him and told him all the truth. And he said unto her, Daughter, thy faith made thee whole. 
go in peace. Behold of the plague. He didn't say, I did this miracle. He said, your faith did it. I was up in a place in uh, Detroit, and this lady had uh, scoliosis, which is curvature of the spine. I had a lot of people to pray for. And she asked, she wanted to jump the line. And I told her, I said, lady, I got too many people to pray for. So, But if you'll touch the hem of my coat. But I was looking for what the signs said. God said, told her, who touched my clothes? I told her, touch the hem of my coat, and God will heal you. And she didn't argue or nothing. She touched the hem of my coat. They heard the bones crack, and she jumped straight up in the air, took off running, she said, Jesus, this healed me. And to this day, and that was over seven years ago, she's still healed, and she then went back to law school and finished. It says, now, while, 35, it says, while he was yet spoken, there came the ruler of the synagogue, house certain, which said, thy daughter is dead. Why trouble the master any further? And as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him, say Peter and James and John, the brother of James. In other words, sometimes you don't want to carry everybody with you. But everybody ain't praying with you. Everybody does not have faith like you do. And it's a battle when you're praying for the sick. So if you go to a church and somebody don't get healed, it may not be their fault. It might be somebody in that church praying against them. It might be a whole bunch of people praying against them. But the thing is, you've got to lead in what the word says for you. And you, greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. And you can overcome the thoughts of the enemy versus the thoughts of what God says about you. And they said on the 38th, said, he came into the house of the ruler of the synagogue, seeing the turmoil, they were weak and wailing greatly. And when he came in, he said unto them, why make you this ado or weak? The damsel is not dead, but sleep. They left him to scorn. Now, can you imagine? Here are these people have been heard about his miracles and stuff, and they still making fun of him, laughing at him. But when he had put them out, put out all the unbelievers, take out the unbelievers, he take he taketh the father and the mother of the damsel, and they were, were with him, and entered where the damsel was lying. And he took the damsel by hand and said unto her, the kumi, the tectolomy, which is being interpreted, damsel, I say unto you, arise. And straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of 12, and they were astonished with great astonishment. And he charged them straightly that no man should know this and commanded that something be given her to eat. A lot of times when you pray for the people that sit and recover, you also got to give them some food. I don't mean natural food only. I'm talking about spiritual food. Let them know that Jesus is the one that healed them. Jesus is the one who set them free. It wasn't you. It was Jesus. That's why you give all the glory, all the praise to Jesus. He's the one that does these things. And how does he do it? My father. I do nothing except by my father who teaches me these things. Only by what I see my father do. My father, my father. Jesus kept going back to his father and that the power is from the father and that our father is a spirit. And we must be in the spirit-minded about everything that we do, everything that we work at. 
Well, you got anything else, Dorothy? Um, I have been thinking about a question. I don't know if it's fair to spring it on you. It's a Go ahead. difficult. All right. When we're learning about that scripture that says, you know, you, I was hungry, you fed me. I was sick, you mm-hmm. cared for me. All right, we have a situation in this country right now with this caravan that people are using that scripture to justify just letting this horde of people in who not all of them have good intentions. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking, well, keeping them out and making them come in in orderly fashion, I know we're still going to be feeding them. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, even if we put up tents like that, we'll we'll feed them, we'll shelter them, you know, and we'll clothe them. So mm-hmm. what do you think about this, this whole thing? How do we refute what these people are saying and how it's not Christian to build a wall? <laughs> well, I hear you. Well, the main thing is we have to get the, you know, the Bible always talks about with all you're getting, getting an understanding. Well, first mm-hmm. of all, the people that is doing all this uh, claiming their scripture and stuff, most of them are working for the group called the Illuminati. They don't believe it. They don't want to, people don't want to believe it, but it's true. A lot of these people that's trying to get in here illegally are criminals. And they're here for one reason, to destroy our nation. So all these people will feel so sorry for them. Well, they need shelter. They need this. You need to find out who they are and their background. I was in the military for 15 years, and I used to meet people. Oh, GI, you're you're number one. We love you and stuff. And at the same time, they had a grenade and killed my friend. That's why you better know who you letting into your nation. The Bible says, you know, it, the Bible was not written to the sinner; it was written to us. And then it tells us who is our neighbor. Our neighbor is one who thinks like we do that are of Christ-like. So, yes, they need to put that wall up. They need to know who's coming into our country because if they don't, they're the ones that are going to destroy us. That's why uh, down in, they used to have what they call the Georgia Stone down there in Georgia. And it hit on there that we, and they don't tell you who it is, but it's Illuminati, we cannot control this world except it will be less than 500 million, 500 million. Well, there's 8.5 million on this earth, so they talking about they got to kill us. They call it, uh, they have a special name for it, too. Uh, Guidestone. Gathering. Yeah, the Georgia Guidestone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but they have a special word for the, uh, where they kill people together to kill them with the diseases and stuff. Uh, I can't think of the name of it right now. But it's they, not genocide you're trying what, to think of, is it? Is it genocide? No, they got a, no, it's not genocide. They got a special word for this. It's called culling, culling, culling. What they oh, do is culling. they try to kill out. Yeah. Culling the herd, yes. Kill. Yep, that's it. Mm-hmm. But people don't know this. And, my, and the Bible says my people perish from lack of knowledge. And that's what they, all these people say, don't put up the wall. They have no knowledge. They don't realize until they come and knocking on their door and say, listen, we want food. We're going to steal your family. We're going to kill your family. 
And they say, wait a minute, we're trying to help you. They don't care for us. Now, there are some there that need help. There are some trying to come legally. Let them come legally into our nation so that they can be helped. But why would I bring the enemy into my house to kill me? And if I recall... I I have a lot of sense. (laughs) A little goes a long way, though, I'll tell you. Mm -hmm. Um, If I recall in the Old Testament, when Father had very strict guidelines on how to set up a a camp of the... Mm -hmm. uh, his army, and uh, we need to fo- start following that too. But uh, that's a whole other mm-hmm. topic. Um, and I think people don't understand that Father has armies in the spiritual, and he expects us to copy that in the natural and protect ourselves mm-hmm. and protect the you know others who can't protect themselves. So. Mm-hmm. But not just, I mean, even in the, and when, I don't even know if people understand this, that Israel used to have immigrants come, but the only Mm -hmm. way they were approved day was if they chose God and what, you know, lived by the same rules and the same laws Mm -hmm. and honored God. So, Mm-hmm. It would be nice if we could do that here, but I know we can't. We're not a theocracy, so. But uh, we got people that's working against us, like the Rockefellers, the Sorrels, and stuff like that. These are people that belong to what they call the Illuminati, and they're paying all this money to brainwash people and forgetting what the Bible says. The Bible says uh, uh, to be watchful. Be gentle as a dove, but be as wise as a serpent. Keep an eye on these people. Keep an eye on the things that's going on around you. Because if you don't, you'll end up like some of my friends. As I said, they got killed by grenades, by little kids, 10, 11 years old, walking up. Yeah, we love you. And pull the pin and blow themselves up. Or these ladies of the night. Uh, You know you're lonely. Come on and come in here to the room with me. And you go in that little room, and next thing you know, there's about three or four enemies there killing you. And you didn't even know it. And your body's not found. That's why they call them some of them missing in action. That's why I tell people, don't be, don't be uh, unwise. <laughs> your enemy is like a roaring lion walking around seeing who can he devour. And it's not only in the spiritual, but it's in the natural. So, yes. I believe firmly in putting that wall up. I believe in firmly protecting your property. You know, they want to take your weapons from you and stuff. And the first, and the commandment, uh, you know, in the Constitution, George Washington, and they'll sign it to decorate, hey, you need your gun. You need your weapon. Even Jesus said it when he asked Peter. He said, how many swords we got? He looked around and he said, well, we got one. He said, well, that's enough. As long as we got one. And if they don't believe that we had the one, why did uh, Peter cut off that man's ear? He had to have a sword to cut that man's ear off. So in other words, there's a, the book of Ecclesiastes says there's a time for everything. There's a time for war. There's a time for peace. A time to hug. Time to refrain. A time to plant. A time to refrain from planting. And right now we're into our war. We've done been through two world wars. 
that should give signs right there. If there's one war and we don't been through a two war, then there's possibly a third war, and the third war is coming up now. The first thing that Russia said, a lot of times you don't real, don't check your history. If you don't check your history, you're bound to repeat it. Uh, Khrushchev said, we're going to take over America, but we're not going to shoot a bullet. He said, we're going to take over your uh, universities and stuff and change your way of thinking and get you to think like we are, and then that way we can take over your nation. And that's exactly what they did. They sent people over there to go to school. They graduated, become uh, lawyers, like the in, what is it, UCLA or whatever you call it. A- ACLU, uh, ACLU. yeah. ACLU. Yeah, they got people in there. They got professors in the school teaching them about uh, the way they believe. And then in our, our Bible colleges and stuff, you got people that are atheists in there. They don't believe what they're teaching. Because they came from Russia, or they came from Russia's descent, or they came from communism. And so they're teaching us their ideology, and we're eating that, and our children's eating that. And now you find out, why did they take God out of school? Because the Bible shows signs of what will happen if we look for this and we'll see who our enemy is. But if you don't have the Bible, then you don't know who your enemy is, and your enemy is taking over your house. He might start off as a button, a butler, and the next thing you know, he's in charge driving your car, eating your food, because you didn't know he was the enemy. I'm glad you brought that up, because a lot of people, I hope they're listening. They may not agree with me, but I'm trying to tell you what the Bible says, and I told you, I don't know much, but I know enough. I know. It's right, it's disturbing. It's disturbing that there are so many actual Christians that falling into this deception and allowing others mm-hmm. to make them feel guilty for not living up to the word of God, which is not an accurate accusation, but to someone who's trying to please God, that would be mm-hmm. a dreadful thing to hear, you know? And it bothers me also that I see a lot of sheep making goat decisions and, you know, mm-hmm. it's just, yeah, that's, good one. Mm-hmm. that's the, I was so true. The election, the elections, I don't know how much was fraud and how much was goat decisions because, um, Mario, let's see if I can say this name, right. Mario Murillo mm-hmm. wrote a blog mm-hmm. on, you know, he lives down in Atlanta and he yeah. teaches in the Atlanta churches. And he said, I know that Holy Spirit-filled Christians, Bible-believing Christians, voted liberals in. And it just shook him. It got him very upset. got me upset, mm-hmm. too. But, you know, what can you do, you know, other than, well, you know, use the outlets you have to try and teach them that, you know, fish out the right side of the boat, people, you know? <laughs> yep, yep, yep. That is so true. <laughs> a lot of people don't and realize. Bring, uh, yeah, and they, they they don't bring Father's values into the voting booth with them. And that, I mean, this mm-hmm. is, as far as I'm concerned, this is Father's country, you know? Mm-hmm. And... We need to be in alignment with him, 
not a bunch of communist progressives, you know, progressive. Mm-hmm. That is the most backward, <laughs> backward, you know, philosophy mm-hmm. I've ever heard is this progressivism. But yeah, well, they didn't pay attention to history. If you don't pay attention to history, you're bound to repeat it. God sent it, the uh, children of Israel. And he told Saul to kill everybody there, the animals and everything, the kids, everything. And people say, oh, that's terrible. That's mean. No, because they didn't have a covenant with God, but they had a covenant with the devil. And because of that, the devil was in all their DNA and everything in that thing. And because Saul felt compassion and didn't kill the king and he didn't kill the queen, that, uh, and the best stuff he brought back to himself, I'm about sacrificing to God, and, and Samuel said obedience is better than sacrifice and all burnt offerings. And the reason was because uh, Samuel went and killed the king, but he didn't get the queen. The queen escaped, and people just don't know. History shows that that queen had, was pregnant when she escaped, and she had a child, and then her child, child ended up with a child named Haman, and that's what you read in the book of, of Ruth not Ruth, but Esther, and that he was the one trying to kill the Jews. Now, Saul had did what he was supposed to and kept the enemies out by killing them. They never would have been killing the Jews. But as I say, God tells us to be wise, defend ourselves, because the enemy is not going to be nice to us. They don't have compassion for us. And a lot of times people think, well, if I could just get to their conscience, listen, if they sold their soul to the devil and they are demon-possessed, you will never get them changed. You cannot win demon-possessed people because they'll just use you. It's like don't throw your probe before the swine because they'll turn around and rinse it. That's what he's talking about. You're trying to be kind to these people trying to win them, and they're going to use you and, and destroy you and your family. And no, look what they're doing over in Europe. Yep. Mm-hmm. And, and these people, you got to remember, even moderate Muslims, and, and you know, they are raised in violence from a young age. Mm-hmm. And violence is their normal. So freedom, liberty, democracy, representative republic, no, it's not going to match. Because they're going to kill you to do their God a favor. Mm-hmm. I think that's in the Bible somewhere. Well, they kill, if you kill an infidel, according to them, they kill an infidel, mm-hmm. then they got a, a place in heaven. If they die a mortar, they get their way in heaven. This this one friend of mine, he's a uh, he's a minister of the gospel now, but he was brought up a Muslim, and when he heard the gospel and got saved, his brothers beat him up and put him in the hospital. Yep. So that shows you something. Yeah, we try to tell people our God is a God that teaches you how to learn things, but he's trying to, you know, he teaches us how to be kind too. But they're, just like you said, they're taught violence. The women, they're beat up. They're, no, they're not human. They're treated as animals or furniture. I mean, the husband can beat them up as much as he wants and do whatever he wants to them, and the government will not do anything to help you. But see, 
People are not reading. They're not studying. People need to learn of what is what is the true will of God versus the false will of God. They need to learn what does the word of God teaches us versus what it doesn't teach us. And people be saying, well, because a lot of these churches, you got in, and, and it's a shame, but it is, where they always talk about prosperity, 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 money, money, money. The only one that's prospering is the preachers that's preaching it. <laughs> you yep. giving up your last yep. money. Say, well, God, God wants you to give up your last money. You got to sacrifice. There's nowhere in the Bible. You read in there, it did not say you had to sacrifice. You said bring your tithes and offerings. And your tithes is whatever you t- you're making. If I'm only making $10 an hour, then $1 is my tithe. If you're making $100,000, then you know, yo, that ain't no $1. You're supposed to take care of yours. God blesses me as I did what I'm supposed to do. He loves obedient people. The more you are obedient to the word of God, the more you get blessed. And then you'll find out the signs of what it says. It says that men will give unto your bosom. That's true. God will multiply your food. It's true. God will warn you of things that happen before it happens, like Jeremiah said, call to me and I'll tell you things uh, before it happens. Two friends of mine in 2008, when the stock market broke, I think it was October the 8th, they said the Holy Spirit told them to take their money out of it, out of a bull market. A bull means they were making plenty of money, money over over hand over fist. And they said the Holy Spirit told them take their money out and don't invest. And they took their money out a day or two before that, when the crash market when the market crashed, they didn't lose a penny. But that's why. We are the children of God. We are the children of light, which means the children of understanding. We got to go forth and do it the way the Holy Spirit tells us and not the way man says. Because if we walk by sight, we'll miss God. We got to walk by faith of the Holy Spirit speaking to us, changing us. Because like if we do something wrong, like I, I preached on a sermon many years ago about where your heart is. And I, I can logically show that the heart is in the mind. But then the Lord showed me something years later that there's a, a heart that's in our own heart that's invisible to everybody else. And that's what he was talking about. He has emotions and everything else in there. And so I had to go back and apologize. But a lot of times people will not apologize when they're wrong. Well, this is the way I learned it, and this is the way I'm always going to keep it. I'm never going to change my mind. You need to check it out with the word. God shows things that when you, he might let you do something for a long time wrong, but eventually he will correct you. Then are you willing to accept correction? That's the main thing. Yeah, there are a lot of people who cannot accept it. Pardon? There are a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people out there will not receive mm-hmm. instruction. Mm-hmm. And that can be very, very unhealthy. Mm-hmm. I, I just did a deliverance the other day, and this young man told me, he said, uh, I told him, I said, the church you at, I don't even know this man. I told him, I said, the church you at, you need to change. You need to come over here and learn about what the Bible says about deliverance and stuff. And I said, 
because, see, lack of knowledge is what kills God's people. And he said, first thing out of his mouth was, oh, knowledge is what puffs up people. I said, earthly knowledge does, not spiritual knowledge. And then he said, well, no, you're still wrong. I said, study it for yourself because I'm not going to argue with nobody. Either, either you're going to be saved or you're not going to be saved. And I ain't the judge, so. <laughs> oh, you came up with all these things. We need to do this some more. <laughs> <laughs> well, if nobody out there is going to ask questions, I'm going to ask questions. You know? Well, I hear you. I love questions. Believe me. At my church in Kansas City, I tell people all the time, find me a, uh, find something and try to stump me. I love somebody. Every once in a while, somebody will come up with something and stump me, and I'm happy. I'm happy to be stumped. That means I didn't study enough. I need to read some more. But, yeah. Just like if I tell people that the Hebrew alphabet is in our Bible. Oh, they need to know. Uh, the Hebrew alphabet is not in our Bible. Yes, it is. All you do is look at King James. Well, well, that's just, that is not really the Hebrew alphabet. Listen, I, I know all 22 letters of it. It's the Hebrew alphabet. It wasn't put in there as a kind of a divider or anything else. It gives you knowledge when you understand what it means. It's a message from God to us. And just to give you a quick thing, the first five letters is Abbas, Beth, Gimel, Dalit, Hay. And I'm making it real short. What it means is head of the house, so that's Abbas and Beth. Gimel means give. Then the next one is Dalit means uh Knowledge, then the last one, five letters, start speaking action. Now I'll give you the message that God said. God said, I want to create everything. If you listen to me, I'll tell you how it operates. And that's just the first five letters. So if we learn of him, learn of Jesus, that he's meek and lowly, he rewards them that are humble. But the proud, he let them trip and fall into death, blind lead the blind. But when you start to understanding the truth, and rightly divide the word of the truth. The truth makes you peaceful. The truth changes you. It will not let you stay the same. It will cause you to love people when you would normally not love them. You will forgive people that you normally would not forgive. But you won't be so so naive <laughs> that the evil will take advantage of you. There used to be an old saying, which is still true. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Learn the scripture. That's right. Yep. Is that in scripture or is that just a saying? That's just a saying. It's just like the other saying. If you take one step toward God, God will take two towards you. That's not in there either. <laughs> <laughs> but it's true. But people, Yeah. yeah. What it says, if you drive nigh unto God, he'll drive nigh unto you. But see, people add things to it, you know, make it sound better. Believe I think it helps with our understanding, too, when, when mm-hmm. we paraphrase and put it in our own words. I mean, yeah. sometimes we get it wrong, you know, but. But it helps you. That's the main thing. Because God will educate you as you go up the ladder. It's when it says faith, faith to faith, to glory to glory. That means you've got to be started at the ground level. And that's like the ladder of, of Jacob. 
and you take one letter step at a time. And anything that needs change, he'll change it. But see, you got to understand it the way you can understand it. I can't walk by your faith, neither can you walk by mine. But if I learn it on you know, the way the Holy Spirit is teaching me, well this is we all get to the same conclusion. That God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Which basically means you gotta be serious. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, I was looking at my Bible here. The main thing, like as I tell people all the time, study, study, study. Look at the scriptures. Why did it say the woman had a, a blood twelve years? Why did it say that woman that, uh, had been over eighteen years? Why did it tell about the man uh, and his son? And why did Jesus ask him how long has he suffered these things? There are hidden messages all through the Bible. It really is, and the, and God will not teach it to you. Until you show that you're willing to sacrifice everything to be with him. When you're willing to sacrifice everything, when they, when they say, just as I am, that's what he means. Come just as you are. Don't try to hold nothing back and say, hey, I need changing, Lord. You're the one that gives me a new newborn again experience. In other words, elevate my thoughts. That's what I need. And the more we walk that way, the more we're going to learn that way. Well, Anyway, I'm about to get myself ready for the night. I guess I'm getting ready to drive home maybe tomorrow. I'm, as I said, I'm in Florida right now. I'm going to drive to Kansas City maybe tomorrow. I'm not sure yet. I see snow in the, in the forecast. I ain't going nowhere. <laughs> I know we're but supposed to get a cold pray. front come through here. Yeah. I hear. Well, so, let me pray for the folks, and then I'll turn it back over to you. Heavenly Father, okay. we're coming for the throne room of grace and mercy and peace and love and the Holy Spirit. Thanking you for this day that you have made, Father, that we will rejoice and be glad in it. We thank you that you go ahead of us, behind us, beside us, inside of us, leading us and guiding us through all truth. You put protection behind, around us like Psalms 91. You give us a, a true heart like Psalms 51 and 10. You let us know that Jesus is the one who takes care of us. That's why he said he is our shepherd and we shall not want. You tell us that uh, he is the, the warrior of our life by Psalms 24. Open up the gates and the king of glory shall come in. You tell us that we have swords and stuff like Psalms 27, Psalms 82, where it says God judges among the gods. We have power through the scriptures of God, and we have healing in his message. For by his stripes we are healed by the wounds that was up on his body, that we are set free. By our mind being not conformed to this world, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind and receiving the Spirit of God to lead us and guide us that, that we can help some other man, some other woman, some other boy or little girl to teach them the Scriptures and that the Scriptures can become true in their life and they can live through the Word of God. For Jesus came to give us life, and life more abundantly. He came to set the captives free. He came to heal the brokenhearted. We should be imitators of him. As Paul was imitated of Christ, we should be an imitator of Christ. And I pray for all those people out there now, Father, that they will have ears to hear, eyes to see, a heart to receive, and a mind to do, hands to bless, feet to carry the gospel, and out of their bellies come rivers of living water in the mighty name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. 
And we all say amen. 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 I'm looking forward to seeing you in about two weeks or talking to you in about two weeks. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm not going to ask you what you're going to teach. It's too far away. But (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) hopefully Jameer will be back next week, too. Hmm? Yeah, I wonder how he's doing. I was wondering how he was doing. And that reminded me, uh, some of my members said they've been listening to your program. And I think you call it uh, Shadow or something. Um, His program is, Jameer's program is, um, okay, who's? This is uh, two other men that you have on your broadcast, and they said they really enjoy listening to him. Oh, really? I've just been too busy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they tell me they really enjoy listening to him. I've just been so busy, and not only, not only do, you know, I do the broadcast here, but I constantly study uh, preachers from overseas, like T.B. Joshua, uh, uh, what's that guy's name, Alu, uh, Alu Lakian, Lakian. I say I, I study everything. I don't say I approve of everything. I study everything. Because if you don't study, you're you're bound to fall. (laughs) Absolutely. Okay, well, I'm going to let you go. Get ready to go get me something to eat right quick. You haven't eaten yet? It's 9 o'clock. I know. That's why I'm going now. I'm getting ready to go to all you can eat crab. (laughs) (laughs) Well, right down the street from where I'm staying. Florida seafood, yes. There's mm-hmm. lots of seafood down there. So yep. just get it out of the right side of the ocean. Yes, ma'am. I sure will. <laughs> <laughs> just like Jesus told us. <laughs> yep, yeah, because they're having an algae bloom down there, too. I don't remember oh, yeah, exactly where that, that is. Mm-hmm. So. But. Okay. All right, everybody. Good night, everybody, and you have a blessed couple of weeks till we see you again. Um, Amen. And we'll be back. Good night, everybody. (laughs) I'm never quite sure how to wind up a show, you know? I'm just never quite sure. Good night, Pastor James. Good night, everybody. Good night. Okay. God bless.